everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of The Breakdown, the EuropeLex podcast where we invite academics, journalists, politicians, and pollsters to discuss ongoing political events in detail, filled with stats, opinions, and hopefully some useful context for all of you listening as well. This week, we won't be focusing on any electoral events, but rather the decision of the Swedish government to put in an application to join NATO and the relationship that this has with public opinion on this issue. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, as I'm sure you'll all be aware of the developments, but as you will know, the governments of both Sweden and Finland officially applied to join NATO earlier in May, about a week and a half ago at the time of the recording of this podcast, which clearly marks an historical shift in both of their security and defense policies. This is a direct response, obviously, to Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, after which public opinion in both Sweden and Finland has shifted significantly in favor of joining the defensive NATO alliance. Finland more so than Sweden, but as I'm Swedish and my guest is as well, we're going to focus on that today. So the latest poll in Sweden, just to kick it off with some figures before we start the interview, uh, the latest Novos poll show that 56% of Swedes are now in favor of NATO membership, which is up from 37% in January. This is the first time there's a statistical certainty that a majority of the respondents support the membership. And with me to discuss this, I'm very happy to say, is none other than the CEO of Novus Group International, Torbjörn Sjöström. When they think that in Danian Street the rules are not being properly followed. Monsieur Macron, c'est la succession de cette politique catastrophique. Mais c'est une maison commune que nous nous construisons ensemble, Monsieur Victor Orban. Welcome to the podcast, Tobian. Thank you. I guess just to start off, um, as I said, there's been lots and lots of movement over the past three months. Uh, there's been, I guess, a 20-point shift, talking roughly. Um, in a historical context, how quick is this shift in opinion uh, around a specific policy? Is it as quick as some might think? Um, yeah, um, you definitely could say that because uh, the, the Europe, uh, the, the Russian um, aggressions on, on uh, Ukraine really were a major shift on, on the Swedes' view on, on Russia and also our national security uh, policies. It really turned everything upside down. So, so this major shift, NATO has not been an issue uh, before. It weren't. We were just checking that the levels were the same on, on public opinion uh, once every other year, but now this has turned everything upside down. So, what we could go into the specific party supporters in a bit, but looking at the various groups then that have shifted their opinion over the past few months, what do you know about those voters beyond just their? Uh, party affiliations. Uh, yeah, um, the male are more determined or more less hesitant. In here, it's almost seventy percent of every male uh, Swede who wants to join NATO, compared to forty-six percent of uh, the women. So, um, predominantly male between the eight, uh, age eighteen and up. But but it's also the most hesitant. Looking at age groups, are the youngest one, eighteen to twenty twenty-nine. But here, 50% still support uh, joining NATO, but 22% uh, is hesitant and 28% says no. One thing about this is that we don't have a military service. So 
just the thought of joining a military for the younger now is very different compared to the older who did have a mandatory military service. And, and to correct, we have reinsta- reinstated the, man- the mandatory military service, but it, it has been, hasn't been there for several years. So there are several young people that have no relation to the military. Yeah. Anymore. And that's different to Finland. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't have the uh, numbers on, on the young in, in Finland, but I would suspect that they're not as hesitant as the Swedes are. So what about the political party supporters then? I mean, generally, uh, there's been a right-left divide on this, at least politically. Has that shifted over the past few months at all? Uh, is it just down to the Social Democrats who are the biggest party and the, the government party at the moment? Is that where the big shift has happened? Or has it been sort of across the board that people have got more positive? Yeah. It, it it has shifted across the board. Uh, traditionally, the, the the right side parties, uh, the moderate mainly, have been uh, a majority for uh, NATO membership. Uh, but also the the Swedish Democrats, we we now see a clear ma- majority also who wants to join. Um, interesting part there is that we saw saw the voter change in Swedish Democrats before the party officially shifted, which says a lot about the Swedish populist party, which we always should remember that Swedish Democrats are. They listen very closely to their own voters. But but the but the big shift or or the big issue has been the social democrats. Uh, Sweden is led by a social democratic uh, prime minister, as you probably all know. Um, but they were officially against NATO. And we saw that in the voters' reaction as well. Because if you support social democrats, then you have a, a tendency to lean against no, because the party line was no. Uh, so, so you trust uh, your own party's uh, decision on this issue. But we have seen a, a shift there, but not until it was basically clear that Finland uh, would join and also all the positive indication from the social democrats even before they said anything. We saw... A, a, a gradual shift towards yes, even within the social democrats. But when they said yes, 52% of, of the social democratic voters also said yes. So they basically t- trust the party they trust. Yeah. <laughs> um, how fickle do you think this opinion is? Because I know it's been quite stable over time with some shifts. I know around the invasion in Crimea, for example, there was a shift. But what's your view on sort of looking ahead, do you think it's going to solidify around these numbers? Could it drop back down? What have you sort of seen over the past few months in that regard as well, in terms of how people are, are responding to this this policy issue? Yeah, um, looking at the initial reactions when, when, when Russia had clear aggression against Ukraine uh, in January, and then uh, moving it over to an actual invasion, initial reaction from Swedes were not fear, it was anger. We didn't want to see this traditionally bullying Russia <laughs> as, a, as a state to actually do this kind of, of, of actions. Uh, and, and this has increased our, our understanding that we really need to choose a side. We, we had to choose a side, maybe not for the West and the US, but against Russia. Uh, we feel that this is an unacceptable behavior. And we also got a reminder that even if we have a close relationship with NATO, not being member of NATO, we cannot ex- expect actual support if something happened. And looking at that, uh, and I have a feeling that the, the support for NATO is here to stay 
as long as Russia is acting the way they are. But 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 if we saw a shift in political leadership in Russia and a, a, and a drastically change in their uh, international strategies, uh, looking at their their how they see their neighboring countries and 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 the risk that includes for for the countries they live in, uh, I do not foresee any radical shift to to want to not be part of NATO. Interesting. I also want to touch on the group that opposed this decision by the Swedish government to uh, apply for NATO at the moment. Uh, that'll be a, a long process, it seems. But there's a majority against in two political parties, the Green Party and the Left Party. Beyond their party support, what do we know about the people opposing membership? Do we know anything about their motivations, anything that unites them demographically that can tell us a bit about about the makeup of that group? Yeah, I don't have any that much specific information because because the Green Party they they have a political support of about three point five percent. So that's a very small group. I suspect looking at at how the Swedish um, view on foreign policies has been, uh, looking at this uh, idea of a feminist foreign and, and military policy that you should strive to avoid conflict uh, and, and and not try to which sounds a bit weird now, but not try to provoke anyone. Um, I think that is quite deeply rooted in these two parties. Also, the left being the former communist party, I think that might have an influence as well. Uh, because if if you have a tendency to support the, the traditional left issues, then you actually have a tendency to like Russia a little bit more and see that this might be more of an active self-defense, which is the discussion that you often hear here in Russia as well. Well, we had to attack before they attacked us. So I think there's a lot of historical reasons here where you are hesitant and and you you don't want to take an active side in in an active war. I also want to touch on NATO and the issue of defense a bit more generally, because Usually, it's not an important issue for voters, and it doesn't impact vote choice. And obviously, there are Swedish uh, elections at all administrative levels in September. Have you seen or do you see any possibility of this becoming more important for people? Or do you think the fact that the decision has been made now and the debate is sort of, at least at the, at the very top level of politics, ended... Would that just mean that it'll sort of have a similar amount of importance in September? Yeah, uh, we actually see that that uh, defense uh, issue as a political issue are declining. Uh, it increased rapidly uh, during this process. And behind this, uh, since we have an election in September, there, you, you might argue that you could make NATO as a... Um, an issue in, in in that election, but but looking at, at the Social Democrats' history of, of being against NATO, and they also have one fifth of their voters still not being convinced that we should join NATO. They have interest in in keeping out of the election, and and since we now made the application uh, and the decision to increase defense spending up to two percent of of Swedish GDP, this issue 
may very well seem to be handled before the election and not be part of, of the actual election, actual election uh, decisions, which, which would be good for social democrats. But that's also the reason why both the left and the Green Party are against NATO now, not because they want us to withdraw the decision, but there's a lot of ta- tactics behind this that they might hope to win a couple of these uh, voters in the social democrats that oppose this uh, NATO application. Uh, but 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 I, uh, looking at the indications I have now, I don't think that defense will be a big um, part of, of the election process. But law and order will uh, probably increase even more because of the, the the riots at Easter and and the discussion about that. Because since since NATO now more or less is solved from a national perspective, now it's up to, to Turkey to actually say yes. Um, but 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 then we will see other issues uh, being much more in focus in in the coming elections. Um, obviously, this is a massive decision, and it's been taken by you know the Finnish and the Swedish governments. Obviously, it's been supported by the sitting parliaments as well in both countries, but there have been no referenda on this and there have been no elections either sort of between the announcement of the intention to apply and the application, which some have asked for. But in terms of understanding and getting a sense for public support for this, opinion polls and polling must have played quite a key role in this whole process over the past few months. So what are your thoughts on that and sort of the general <laughs> influence of, of polling uh, on these kinds of really consequential policy decisions? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good question. And, and I, I actually I think it is good because first, it's not been one singular poll that has shown this support. It, it has been us and a couple of other polling institutes that, that actually have reliable polls everyone has shown the same direction at the same time. So, so we can be quite certain that this was not just one measuring error for a single poll. And, and NATO only uh, required that you can show uh, uh, support for, for, for the decision. A couple of opinion polls is probably the best thing you can have. Because if, if you wanted to have a referendum, then you get all the sorts of problems that we have seen in in the Brexit referendum, that uh, it is wide open to to manipulation uh, in the public space, pretty dirty debates. Uh, so, so I think this is actually a better thing just to have a clean view of the public's view uh, of an issue if it's not part of a public election where you want to uh, choose your government. Um, especially now when we see that there has been in several countries a lot of elections where evil actors have wanted to affect the outcome to their way. So, so I think it's good, but, it, but it's a big responsibility for us. We really need to have methods that we can trust based on the science that we know work. We have to have a high reputation and there can be no question that we have been manipulated um, to show a number or a figure that that is not the truth. But, but, but I welcome that. I welcome that we are expected to have all this, uh, these uh, attributes. And, and I've been personally working very hard to, to, to show that a Novos poll is to be trusted, uh, not, not just as an indication, but actually a, a, a good view of the public's um, opinion at a certain time. Brilliant. Thank you. Torbjörn for coming on the podcast and talking through 
this big shift in public opinion that we've seen over the past few months in Sweden. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Breakdown by Europe LX podcast. I've been your host today, Gabriel Hedingren. The managing editor was Polychronis Karampelas. The episode was edited by Alex Vigursky. The music was by Jose Alvarado. And as always, everything we do would not be possible without our patrons on Patreon. Thank you so much.